KMTT, Kinitzion Tetzei Torah. Today's shir is dedicated, the schut of the shir should be for the Rufuah Shlema of Dvorah Idol Bat Miriam Bracha. Schut HaTorah, Schut HaFatzat HaTorah, Tamod La, Rufuah Shlema, Rufuah HaNefesh, Rufuah HaGuf, Hashta Ba'adalah Bizman Kariv. KTT, the Torah podcast. Today is Tuesday. Shur in Parshat HaShavua. Shur Parshat HaShavua will be given this week as usual by Harav Hanoch Waxman. This week, Parshat Ve'era, I would like to discuss the section that opens Parshat Ve'era. God begins Parshat Ve'era by, so to speak, introducing himself with a sort of introduction. Uh, let us turn to the text. Perak Vav, Pasig Bet of Sefer Shemot, says as follows, Vayidaber Elohim Moshe, Vayomeri Lav, God spoke to Moshe and said to him, Ani Hashem, I am God, I am the Lord. God introduces himself, he announces to Moshe who he is. And God continues on in a bit of a strange locution in Pasig Gimel, Vayira El Avraham, Eitzchak, Yaakov, Bekel Shakai. I am the God of the forefathers who appeared to them by the name Kel Shakai. But this name, Hashem, the Lord, was in some sense, whatever that sense is, not known to them. A rather strange pasuk that I just mentioned a moment ago. Yet God's introduction is not yet completed. He continues on. And I contracted a covenant with the forefathers to give them the land of Canaan. And furthermore, in Pasokei, Vigam, and in addition, I have heard the, the pain and the suffering of B'nai Yisrael that Egypt has enslaved them. And therefore, as we reach the end of Pasokei and reach the seam line between Pasokei and Pasuk Vav, at the beginning of Pasuk Vav, God says, Lachain, therefore, the introduction finishes. God has introduced himself. God has introduced his historic relationship with the forefathers. God has mentioned the suffering of B'nai Israel, And at this point, a turn ensues. L'chein, therefore, therefore what? Pasuk vav, emor l'v'nei Yisrael, say to B'nai Yisrael, ani Hashem, again, introduction of God, I am God. V'otetet kamitachat zivlot Mitzrayim, I will take you out from underneath the burdens of Egypt. V'itzalti atchem, I will save you. V'avodatam from their labor, v'ga'alti atchem. Of course, what we have here are the l'shanot of Geula, the languages uh, of redemption, the famed um, list of Vehotseti, uh, I will take you out, Vehitsalti, I will save you, Vehgalti, I will redeem you, Vehlakachti, and I will take you. And in fact, we have here to some extent an introduction and then the main body. Whereas Pasuk Bet through Pasuk He involve God's introduction of himself, God's introduction of background. Pasuk Vav and An, really more or less through uh, Perak Vav, Pasuk Tet, or perhaps even a bit later, involve the section of God's promise to redeem, the section of the languages of redemption. Now, um, there are many uh, questions uh, we can raise uh, about this uh, parsha. Uh, these uh, ten sukim or so, which range from Pasuk Bet through Pasuk Yudbet, and we uh, went over a little bit, very briefly, of the structure here. Um, but what I would like to focus on uh, today is a kind of eerie sense that uh, I'm often struck with in reading these psukim. Uh, and uh, that eerie sense is that on some plane, 
there isn't really uh, much here uh, that is new. Uh, or to phrase this a little bit differently, um, on some plane, these verses may stand in parallel to another segment of the Torah um, where there's a kind of close thematic connection between all the things that are mentioned here uh, in this parsha at the beginning of Parshat Ve'ira, at the beginning of Perak Vav, and something that happened previously. Um, to understand this, or to elucidate this, this sense or, or this parallel, I'd like to return to the text. Let's compare the beginning of Perak Vav in Sefer Shemot to a previous conversation between God and Moshe, which is found back in Perak Gimel, uh, what we normally refer to as the story of the Sneh, God's revelation to Moshe at the uh, burning bush. Let us return again to the beginning of uh, our parsha here, to the beginning of the introduction. Paragvav, Pasuk Bet, says as follows, God introduces himself as I am Hashem, and then God proclaims his identity. He says, basically, I am the God of the forefathers, right? I am God. It is an introduction of divine identity and a specific mention of God as being identified as the God of the forefathers, in addition to certain particular names that are mentioned here in our parsha. Now, of course, if we go back to Paragimel, Pasuk Vav, uh, we would realize that on some level this is familiar. If we take a look in Paragimel, um, Pasuk Vav, immediately after Moshe arrives at the Sneh, a voice uh, appears to him and tells him to take off his shoes, the place is holy, and then Paragimel, Pasuk Vav, says as follows, Vayomer, Anochi Elokei Avicha Elokei Avraham Elokei Yitzchak Elokei Yaakov, so God says, I am God, the God of the forefathers. God introduces himself and identifies himself as the God of the forefathers. So we have the introduction of God, God of the forefathers, in both stories. And on some level, there's a kind of interesting connection or, or parallel here. Now, as we move along, we should realize that there are other parallels between the beginning of Prashat Ve'era and the story of the Sneh. Going back to Perak Vav, um, moving towards the latter part of God's introduction of himself, um, Perak Vav, Pasuk He, uh, says as follows, V'gam ani shamati et nakat b'nei Yisrael, avitim otam. God says, and I have heard the pain and suffering of the children of Israel, that Egypt is afflicting them or enslaving them. The rationale for God's redemption is the fact that he empathizes, he feels, he hears, he is uh, sensitive to the suffering of B'nai Israel. Well, this theme is, of course, also already known to us from the previous segment, from the story of the burning bush. If we go back to Paragimel, Pasuk Zion, immediately following God's introduction of himself, we're told there as follows. Bayom Hashem, and God said, Ra'ora iti, I see it ani ami the affliction of my people, and I hear their cries because of their affliction. I know their pain. So God, back at the burning bush, it said, I see, I hear, I empathize, I know their suffering. So this is a kind of second element. In both stories, God is cognizant or sensitive to the suffering of B'nai Israel. Well, picking it up from exactly where we were in the story of the burning bush in Perak Gimel, Pasuk in the very next verse, uh, we're told as follows, And I'm going to go down to to save them, is the language used here in Perak Gimel, Pasuk And of course, to take them to a new land. Well, 
This third element of God's promise of redemption um, in response to the suffering of B'nai Israel and movement to a new land is also present in our story in Perak Vav, uh, Pasuk Vav, uh, the verse that begins with Lachain, therefore, as a response to the suffering or God's cognizance or empathy with the suffering of the Bnei Israel, what does he say? Well, I'm going to redeem them. There are the languages of Geula, and one of them is, of course, Vitzalti. I will save them. The very same word. And, of course, what's going to happen uh, after God saves them? Perak Vav, Pasuk Chet. Chapter 6, verse 8, And I'm going to bring them to a better land. So we have a third parallel, God's promise to save, declaration that he intends to save, and the promise to bring them to a new land. And if we think about it, there is, of course, one more. Because the story of the Sne is, in fact, the, the story of the appointment of Moshe. Um, in Perak Bet, Pasuk Yud, uh, kind of towards the end of the little section we've been ex- paragimo pasukyur towards the end of the little section that we've been examining, Moshe says to God, God says to Moshe as follows: Vata and now lechav eshlachacha el paro. I am going to send you to Paro. Uh, God basically appoints Moshe and says, "You're going to be the man. I'm going to send you, and you're going to be the agent." that's going to cause uh, or allow me to redeem B'nai Israel. it basically, uh, God appoints Moshe to his mission. Now, if we think about it, this element is also present in Perak Vav. Uh, a little bit further on, uh, admittedly, there is a p'tucha in the text, there is a break, um, but in Perak Vav, Pasuk Yud, uh, the Torah says as follows, uh, God said to Moshe, go speak to Paro, basically God sends Moshe upon his mission, um, and then again, even a bit further later on, um, in Pasuk Yudimu, and God commanded Moshe and Aaron, in the larger sense, the story at the beginning of Parshat Ve'era, the story of Parshat, uh, of the Parshat of the Shonot Gula, is also a story of the appointment of Moshe, and we have a kind of fourth parallel. And um, <coughs> to put this all together, <coughs> just briefly, pardon me, briefly recounting the elements we have noted, we have here, one, the introduction of the divine identity, the connection to the, uh, God of the as God of the forefathers, uh, two, the God, idea of God's empathy and hearing uh, of the, uh, cognizance of the suffering of B'nai Israel. Uh, three, the resolution and declaration to redeem B'nai Israel from the suffering of Egypt and take them to a new land. And four, of course, uh, the appointment of uh, Moshe. On some plane, what we seem to have here is, a, to some extent, a repetition of the story of the burning bush, a parallel to the story of the burning bush. And, and the question, I think, really is, what is, what is the meaning of this parallel, this apparent, perhaps, second appointment or second declaration to Moshe here at the beginning of uh, Prashat Ve'era. Um, now, uh, before turning to uh, a kind of resolution or explanation of this interesting connection, uh, I would like to note that our sense of eeriness or, or parallel becomes even stronger if we look at a few other elements of the text. I think there are even more than, than four connections um, between the two stories, between Perek Vav um, and, and Perek Gimel. Uh, I would like to resume, uh, or I would like to return to the very strange verse that I, I kind of um, quasi-skipped over at the beginning uh, of Perak Vav, um, the notion of the declaration of divine identity. 
Again, Perak Vav Pasuk Bet, the first uh, Pasuk in Parshat Vei, right? says as follows, Ani Hashem, I am, I am the Lord, I am Hashem. Pasuk Gimu, Veira El Avraham, El Yitzchak, Yaakov, Bekel Shakai, Ushmi Hashem, Lonodati Lehem. Um, and I appeared to the forefathers as Kel Shakai, and Ushmi Hashem, the name of the Lord, the one I just told you, uh, was not known to them. Now, this, of course, is very strange, uh, what it means that the name Hashem was not known to them. As all of the Mepharshim uh, point out, a kind of cursory look at Sefer Bereshit would, would cause you to realize that Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov do, in fact, know the name Hashem. They are aware of the name Hashem. They have formal, discursive knowledge of the name Hashem. They know the name. Um, but as all the Mepharshim point out, and this is, of course, their explanation of the matter, they don't really know the inner essence of the name. They haven't seen the essence of the name realized in history. And God here um, means that when he says, Hashem But either way you strike it, and I don't really want to examine the explanation of Mepharshim to this difficult verse right now, on some plane, there is an introduction of a new divine identity uh, that begins the story here in Pasuk Vav. Um, the name Hashem, the four-lettered name, as it's sometimes referred to, is uh, a new divine identity introduced here as part of the story here in Parag Vav. Well, if we think about it, um, we should realize that we have, in the past, uh, seen an introduction of a new divine identity, very interestingly enough, one that involves um, four letters. And I think this comprises another parallel, a fifth parallel, between our story here in Parag Vav and the story of the Sneh packed in Parag Gimel. If we go back to Parag Gimel, uh, Pasuk Yud Gimel, uh, chapter 3, uh, verse 13, at a certain point in his appointment, or in the appointment of Moshe, uh, Moshe says to God as following, Vayomer Moshe Elokim, I'm in Parag Gimel, Pasuk Yud Gimel, Vayomer Moshe Elokim, Moshe said to Elokim, Hinei Anochi Ba'el B'nei Yisrael, I'm going to come to B'nei Yisrael, Marti Lahem, I will say that the God of the forefathers sent me to you. And they will say to me, What is his name? So Moshe says that God of the forefathers is not sufficient. I need a name. I need some other identity. Well, what is God's response in Pasuk now, what this means is rather difficult. Let us translate it as, I will be what I will be. Uh, and then God says, eh, yeah, Tell them that eh, yeah, sent you. So eh, yeah, is in fact a divine name. It is a divine name involving four letters. It is uh, strikingly similar in terms of its structure and letters to Shem Havaya. Um, and in fact, what we see here is there's a fifth parallel. Both stories of the appointment of Moshe involve the revolution, revelation of a new divine name, one that has four letters in it. And I think this is another interesting parallel um, between the two stories, ones which sheds a lot of light on the strange phrase of Ushmi Hashem Luna Dati Lahem and the problem of a revelation of a new divine name at the beginning of Perikvah. And finally, there is, of course, one more final parallel between the two stories. And that is Moshe's response to his charge, or Moshe's response uh, to his mission. Famously, in Perak Gimel, in the story of the Sneh, we are all aware that Moshe is not relatively enthusiastic, not particularly enthusiastic uh, about it, his mission. Moshe's immediate response to God in Perak Gimel, Pasukut Aleph, is as follows: Moshe God said to Moshe, said to God, Mi Anochi, Who am I? 
Effectively, Moshe attempts to beg off, says, I am not Raui, I am not suited for the mission. Moshe attempts to refuse the mission in Paragimel. Well, this feigned theme of Moshe's refusal is, of course, also present in the second appointment of Moshe in Paragvav. In Paragvav, Pasuk Yudet, shortly after the segment of the languages of Geula, um, Moshe says to God as follows, Moshe um, Moshe said to God, Behold, the children of Israel do not listen to me. I am uh, handicapped in the lips. I am uncircumcised of lips. Moshe says, I am not suited. I am not ra'oi. I am not capable of carrying out the mission. Moshe here too, in the second appointment, so to speak, in Parakvav, attempts to beg off of the mission. Now, to put this all together, I think we, in the end of the day, confront a very interesting phenomenon and a very interesting problem. The phenomenon is, is that there are all these connections, these six connections I just listed without going through the details again, between the beginning of Paragvav and uh, the story of the Snip. Um, and on, in some sense, um, there is a second appointment uh, um, of Moshe to his mission that happens here. God introduces himself, there's a new divine name, he's cognizant of the suffering, he promises to redeem them, he promises him to take them to a new land, he attempts to charge Moshe, and Moshe refuses. In fact, things happen again. The question, of course, is what is the meaning of this uh, phenomenon? What is the meaning of this parallel? How are we to interpret or to explain uh, this biblical parallel? The need, so to speak, for Moshe to be appointed again. After all, he was appointed once. I think, on some level... Uh, The answer uh, as to the need for a second appointment of Moshe here at the beginning of Perak Vav is strikingly obvious, and the answer is uh, relatively simple. Um, And in order to understand this, all we need to do is to realize that the beginning of Prashat Ve'era, the segment that we have been discussing, uh, does not occur in a vacuum. Yet rather, it seems to be the continuation of a conversation between God and Moshe, a conversation which began back at the end of Parakeh, at the very, very end of Parshat Shemot. And to see this, I would like to go back to the very end of Parshat Shemot, to Parakeh Pasuk uh, Kafbet. And Parakeh, picking up here in the middle of a longer story, but Parakeh Pasuk Kafbet says as follows, Vayashev Moshe, El Hashem, and Moshe returned to God, and he said, Why have you done bad to this people? Why have you sent me? And from the time I came to power to speak in your name, it has become bad to this people. And you have not saved uh, your people. Moshe then speaks again, and then God responds to Moshe. God said to Moshe, Now you will see what I will do to Paro. Uh, with a strong hand, he will send them out, uh, and with a strong hand, he will force them out of his land, or because of my strong hand, either case. And then, And then, God introduces himself and says, Ani Hashem, our parsha of the languages of redemption begins. Now, admittedly, these are two different parshiot in the Torah, and there is a p'tucha, a space in the Masoretic text found between Vav Aleph and Vav Bet. 
But most Mepharshim, uh, Ramban, Ibn Ezra, and one day Ayn Rashi, view this as one lengthy conversation. And our story, the second appointment of Moshe, which begins in Perigvav Pasik Bet, is on some level a response um, to uh, Moshe's claims in uh, Perakei Pasik Kaf Bet through Kaf Gimel, um, through Moshe's Vayashav Moshe Lashem, Moshe's returning to God and claim of Lama Harotala Ammaze, why we've done bad to this people, Lamaze Shalachtani. Um, now, in order to understand this, I think we need to look a bit further back as to what exactly is, is going on here. Um, these verses at the end of Perakei follow, of course, the, the story of Perakei, which might be thought of as a, a story as, uh, of, the, of the dark before the light, uh, or the depths before the heights. Perakei, of course, begins with uh, Moshe's uh, arrival in front of Paro, as God had commanded him. And Perakei, Pasuk Aleph tells us as follows, Bo Moshe Aaron, Vayamru el Paro, Hashem Yisrael. So says uh, God, Lord of Israel, Shalach et So Moshe appears in front of Paro as he had been commanded to do, uh, and states exactly what he's supposed to state, Shalach et God says, send forth my people, and they will uh, conduct a holiday for me in the desert. And Paro's response is, well, we all remember, Who is God? Who is the Lord that I should listen to his voice? I do not know of any Hashem. Paro is stubborn. Um, Paro is intransigent. Paro says, I do not know Hashem. I will not listen to Hashem. I will not listen to you. And of course, as a result, things deteriorate for the Bnei Yisrael. And we should remember the, the contents of Parakeh, um, whereas before uh, Bnei Yisrael had been given straw in order to form the bricks, in order to meet their quota of bricks that they were required to produce for Parao. Now they will no longer be given straw, and yet they are required to produce the same quota of bricks. Things become far more difficult for B'nai Yisrael. And in fact, even um, at a certain point, B'nai Yisrael blame Moshe uh, for this occurrence. Um, as uh, we're told shortly before Moshe's speech to God, um, the Shotrim, or the officers, uh, or the leaders uh, of B'nai Israel say at some point to Moshe, in Parak, Hey, Pasukaf, Al, Vayom, Alehem, Yereh, Hashem, Elechem, Yishpot, Asher, Vashtem, Et, Rechenu, B'nai, Paro, B'nai, Vedav, Latet, Cherub, B'adam, Hargenu. Let God judge between us, because you have caused us to stink in the eyes of Paro and his servants, to, and you have put a sword into his hands to kill us. So, uh, it is not just that things objectively become worse for B'nai Israel in terms of their suffering, but they resent Moshe's interference, and they take it out upon Moshe. Uh, this brings us back to Perakei Pasuk Kafbet. Vayashev Moshe el Hashem. God returned, Moshe returned to Hashem. And a striking comment uh, by Rashbam on the term Vayashev. Um, Rashbam interprets Vayashev not so much as a, a metaphorical statement of Moshe gave a tshuva, uh, to God, or Moshe responded verbally to God, but Rashbam interprets Vayashav in, in a literally physical way, uh, that Moshe returned. Rashbam comments on Perakei Pasuk Kafbet, Vayashav Moshe el hamakom shayah Hashem midaber imoshem. Moshe returned physically to the place that uh, God had spoken with him. In other words, Moshe returns to the sneh, and Moshe returns to the Sneh, and he goes back to where God had appeared to him, where God had charged him with his mission, 
And what does he say to him in Parakei Pasukafbet? Why have you done bad to this people? Why have you sent me? You have done bad to this people. You have not saved them. Now, um, if we turn back to the language of God's charging of Moshe at the Sneh, and we compare it to the language of Moshe's response here at the end of Parakei, I think we will note some very interesting connections um, parallels or ha- perhaps uh, reversals. Going back for the moment to Perak Gimel, um, Pasuk uh, Zion, uh, let us um, return to what it was that God had said to Moshe originally. Um, in Perak Gimel, Pasuk Zion, God says, ra'iti et ani ami asher So God says, Ami, these are my people. And again, a bit later on, um, he uh, refers to uh, them as my people in Pasuk Yud when he charges Moshe Vatalachav Eshlachacha El Paro, Votzeet Ami Bineisomi Mitzrayim. So God says, I'm sending you to take out my people, Ami twice. And of course, uh, the purpose is because he knows their suffering, he knows their pain. And he wants to make things better for them. This comes to expression uh, in Pasuket. I'm going to save them, uh, to take them up from this land. To a good and wide land. So we have this notion of the purpose of the Shiluchim, the purpose of the sending of Moshe, is to be matzil, uh, to save a group known twice as Ami, as God's people, as my people. And the idea is that it's going to be tov for them, that it's going to be good for them. That is what the mission was all about. Let us return to the text where, if Rashbam is correct, Moshe returns to the exact same place, and I think, on so to speak, a certain level, throws God's words right back in his face. Um, in Pasuk Kafbet, Vayashem Moshe Hashem, he returns to the snare reading the Rashbam. Vayomer Adonai, Lama La'am Why have you done evil? So it hasn't been tov for them, and it's been ra for them. Um... And uh, it, you refer to them as Ami, that you want to do good for them? Amazeh, this people, um, they're just some Am because things have become bad for them. Lamazeh Shalachtani, why'd you send me? You sent me to do good for your Amecha, but it's become ra for this Am. Again, it has become bad for this people, and here, the crusher, God, exactly the opposite of what you said happened. You said you were going to be your Reid Lahatzil, and you haven't saved them at all. So Moshe throws... God's words back in his face. Moshe accuses God. On some level, Moshe throws his mission back in God's face. The mission is batel. The mission is canceled. The mission is pointless. The mission is a failure. And it's precisely because of the failure of the mission, Moshe comes back to the snack and says, God, I'm done. Now, if this is correct, and I think it is, we obviously now understand why uh, God's response at the beginning of uh, God commands the mission again. God appoints Moshe again. Things begin again because the first time around things have failed. Moshe has shrugged off and refused absolutely the first appointment. There's a need for a second appointment at the beginning of the mission the second time. Now, I think this is correct um, in terms of the text, but it just simply pushes the question um, to another level. Because I think now, instead of uh, asking why we have a second appointment of Moshe, 
we may well have answered that question. We have a second appointment to Moshe because it's necessary because the first mission has collapsed. But then the question then becomes, well, why does the first mission collapse? Why is there this dissent? Um, why is there this problematic? What is the need for a second mission, a second appointment to Moshe? So I think we're still really on some level uh, in the same place, or at the very least, we have not yet reached the end of matters. Now, um, regarding the collapse of the first mission, the setback of Perak uh, and the consequent need for the second appointment of Moshe, there are numerous theories uh, that have been proposed. Um, some focus on the, on the stubbornness uh, of Paro. Uh, what's because of the setback is because of the stubbornness of Paro. Paro claims not to know Hashem. Uh, some focus on Moshe's misapprehension of the redemption process. Uh, Moshe shrugs off the mission upon returning to this land because he does not understand that redemption has ups and downs and that there are always downs before the ups. And there is a kind of misunderstanding uh, on Moshe's part. And yet others, some of the Midrashim, focus perhaps on a lack of faith uh, on Moshe's part and therefore the consequent need for a reappointment of, of Moshe. Right, well, I think all these approaches are interesting. I would like to focus on something a little bit different. Um, perhaps to return to some of the differences between the two appointments uh, of Moshe, between the story of Paragvav and Paragimel, and by noting a particular difference of focus between the two, to try to unpack uh, why there might be a need uh, for a second mission, uh, why the first mission doesn't exactly work out, or why it meets with setbacks, and why the second one is necessary. Um, let us return uh, to our text, to the beginning of Perak Vav, uh, to what I talked about as the, the second element of the parallel between the two stories, uh, the point of God's empathy, um, God's knowledge of the suffering of the Nehemiah Shalom in Mitzrayim. Perak Vav, Pasuk Dalit, says as follows, V'gam hakimoti et briti itam latet lahem et eretz kina'an. And I also contracted a covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan at Eretz Megurehem, Asher Garuba. Here we have the mention of uh, the Brit. Um, contracted with the forefathers to give them the land of Canaan, land of Megurehem. And on the literary plane, the mention of the Brit actually brackets the mention of the suffering. Uh, to return to the text, and then the beginning of Israel, and at the end of Priti. So it's Brit, a brief mention of suffering, and then Brit again. Uh, now, the mention of Brit here uh, refers to Eretz Kenan, Eretz Migurehem. And this language is a very particular language that actually comes from the story of Brit Milah, found in... Shmot Perak Yud Zayin, and it's instructive to take a look at Breshit. Pardon me, in Breshit Perak Yud Zayin, to take a look at Yud Zayin Chet in Sefer Breshit in Parshat Lachucha, the story of Brit Milah, where God says to Avraham as as follows: Part of the promise, Vinatati Lecha Ulezaracha Acharecha Et Eretz Migurecha. I will give to you and your children afterwards Eretz Migurecha, the land you have dwelled in. Et kol eretz Kna'an, land of Kna'an, lachuzat olam, vayiti lahem lelokim. There are, in fact, three connections, or three particular um, clauses mentioned here in Brit Milah. One is, 
Eretz Migurecha, the other is Eretz Kanan, and the third is Vaiti Lachem Lelokim. I will conduct some sort of intimate relationship between you, between myself and your descendants in the land of Canaan, in the Promised Land. So we have this idea of the Promised Land, named as Eretz Migurecha, Eretz Canaan, and the promise of an intimate relationship, Vaiti Lachem Lelokim. Now. Those elements are, in fact, also present here in Parak Vav. Of course, Eretz Kenan and Eretz we noted, but if we think about it, going back to uh, the languages of Gu'ula, the Lashonot of Gu'ula, we normally think of them uh, as, as a list comprising four terms. But, in the text itself, it's not exactly correct. If we pick it up in Parak Vav, Pasuk Zion, uh, we normally think of that as the fourth. Vayiti lachem le'elokim. Uh, the purpose of the redemption, that I will conduct an intimate relationship with your, with the Bnei Israel to be their God, and then again in the next ver- in the next one in the next clause is another kind of lashon of gula, and you will know that I am God. So this idea of an intimate relationship or knowledge of God is is crucial here. So if we put this together, there's a certain focus in the story of Perak Vav on a the covenant. B, through the means of the covenant, uh, the idea of having an intimate relationship with God, vitem lechem, viti lechem lelokim. And uh, three, if we really think about it, this idea of knowledge of God, of the Shem Hashem, which is the last of the Shanot of Geula. And on some level, it's all about uh, God or God's name in the story in Parak Vav. Parak Vav, Pasuk Bet, God's speech begins with Ani Hashem. Parak Vav, Pasuk Tet, ends with Ani Hashem. Uh, the Shem Havaya, Shem Hashem, appears five times throughout the little speech. It's talked about as the point in time where the name is truly going to be revealed. So there's this notion of covenantal relationship with God, knowledge of God, and knowledge of God's name, an intimate relationship, which is central to the story of Perak Vav. Now, if we go back uh, to the story of Perak Gimel, I think it's very interesting that this is certainly not the focus um, in uh, Perak Gimel in the story of the Sneh in the first appointment of Moshe. If you go back to Paragimel, Pasuk Zion, um, the Torah there says as follows, Vayom Hashem, and God said, Ra'o ra'iti etani ami, I've seen the suffering of my people, Hashem b'mitzrayim. Not just I've seen it, v'etzakatam shamati, I've heard their cries, m'bein yoksav, ki adati et machovav. God says, I know their pain, so we not just have the hearing, we also have the seeing, and we have the inner knowledge. Um, so the focus is here is on compassion, is on empathy, is on knowledge of the suffering of Bnei Yisrael. And uh, in response, what does God say he's going to do? I'm going to take them out from that land, El Eretz, Tova, to a good land, Rechava, a wide land, El Eretz, Zavat, Chalav, Udvash, to a land flowing with milk and honey. What's in El Makom HaKinani? Now, what's important about Makom HaKinani is not that it's the land promised to the forefathers in the covenant in the Brit where one can conduct an intimate relationship with God and know His name. What's important about this land is that it's a wide, good place flowing with milk and honey, the antithesis of the suffering of Egypt that God is cognizant of. If we put this together, the story of Paragimel is a story of the ideal of compassion, uh, of divine compassion, where because of God's empathy for the suffering of B'nai Yisrael, he is going to redeem them and take them to a good, wide place. 
Who does he choose? Well, he chooses Moshe, because Moshe has already demonstrated uh, the human equivalent of this attribute of compassion. He was Matzil, his brother back in Egypt. He was Matzil, uh, the girls at the Be'er. So, um, for compassionate redemption, God chooses the compassionate redeemer. And that's what the story of Perak Gimel, the story of the Sneh, is on some, some level about. Mashe'en not the case in the story of Perak Vav. I think here the focus is completely different. It's really about the covenant with the forefathers, um, the promised land as a place to conduct an intimate relationship with God, and the Shem Havaya in the full force and meaning of whatever that name means. To put this together, I think we may say uh, as follows, that while for redemption, um, empathy, compassion, um, the concern of God or the concern of Moshe for the people is certainly a central and strong component. In and of itself, it is not alone. Because in the end of the day, it will meet the stubbornness of Paro. Um, it will meet the recalcitrance of Paro. It will suffer setbacks. And at some point, Moshe cannot continue on any further with this mission. It is, of course, only the second appointment of Moshe, the second mission, one which is rooted in the covenant with the forefathers, um, one which is rooted in the telos, in the destiny, in the tachlit, in the purpose of coming to the land and conducting an intimate relationship with God and his name. Um, Only that one is the one which is, so to speak, guaranteed to succeed. Only it's that one which carries the day. Uh, And hence, I think this is the meaning of the setback in the first mission, and the need uh, for the second appointment of Moshe. And this, of course, emphasizes the centrality of Schut Avot, uh, the merit of the forefathers, the covenant, and the knowledge of God that is supposed to come to B'nai Yisrael when in their promised land as central to the redemption process.